Hello, baseball fans. This is Joey Warner, and welcome to the Batter's Box on WNSP Now. I'm here at the WNSP studio on Dolphin Street in Mobile, Alabama, with my co-host, Ricky Patterson. We're here to talk baseball for the next hour. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. First of all, we're going to talk about what went on during the weekend. Uh, uh, I was able to meet with my buddy Joe Connick, and he gave him my Mobile Mobsters outfit. And we had a great time reminiscing about things and planning what we're going to do as Mobile Mobsters. And then yesterday, we had a 60th birthday party for an old buddy of all of ours in the baseball world locally. Wes Ward turned 60 years old, and his brothers Wade and Lance and Jay and his sister Jody had a crawfish boil over in Satsuma, Alabama. Ricky, say a little bit about the Ward family. Uh, you know, they lived across the street from uh, my uncle, and I've been knowing those boys uh, really when they was about two foot high. And, you know, I've, I've watched those guys grow up. And uh, they've always – they was always in the yard playing and stuff. And, you know, I, I it, it never really hit me. But somewhere down the line, I think they're a distant relative of ours and because uh, I think his dad and uh, came from a area where my dad grew up in Andalusia, Alabama, and that's where I, you know, I, I it, it really started touching base, and we kind of followed up, and it was kind of strange. And what a small world it is when uh, you know you run into the ward boards again, and then you're trying to recruit them as baseball players, and that whole family was very, very good. Uh, you know, I, I still say that Wes was probably one of the better players out of the family. Uh, he had a tremendous ability, but uh, he was brought in as a pitcher at Faulkner State. And while he was playing center field, you know, he could outrun Turner. Uh, he, he could hit, and he had a, a very strong arm. And they brought him in as a pitcher and hurt his arm. And, of course, we ended up signing him at South Alabama. And he played very well for us there. And that's great. Wes is just a total inspiration. He had a great time. We laughed and yeehawed around for about four hours yesterday. And, and uh, of course, Turner Ward is a batting coach with the St. Louis Cardinals. He was not able to be there. He's doing an outstanding job there. But his son, Olin, was there. Olin's having a great year at UMS. And Lance's son, Cooper, who's a relief pitcher with Bishop State, he was there. And, and their aunt, aunt Donna was there. And the whole family was there, and all kinds of baseball people that are good friends and supporters of West Ward. It was a great time. My Yankees will be playing tomorrow night in a, a practice scrimmage, so if you want to see the best t-ball around, come out to Municipal Park at 7 o'clock. And there's all kinds of other stuff going on. I'm going to go into to maybe a collegiate report here. Uh, we got high school baseball coming around. It's playoff time for – 1A through 6A, we're going to be talking with Coach Jeff Hage over at Bear, Bayshore Christian later on the telephone. And also we're going to talk with Coach Rodney Hicks from Satsuma. They're both preparing for, for playoffs at the end of this week. But I'm going to go through a, a collegiate report. Uh, we're going to talk a little SEC baseball. The Mississippi State Bulldogs set a collegiate record in attendance on campus this past weekend when – in their series with Ole Miss, they drew 16,423 people to Duty Noble Field, and it set a record, their own record, Ricky, that they broke or they set back in 2004, 14 of 15,586. 
I'm going to go through the, the SEC uh, leaders as in divisions, and then the and it's interesting that the top rankings and the top six teams or five of them are SEC teams. The SEC West is led by Arkansas at 29 and 7. LSU, who's number one in the country, is second at 29 and 6. Alabama, who's not ranked, is 26 and 11. And Auburn is 22 and 15 and 1. And in the East, Vanderbilt is 29 and 7. They're also ranked number four in the nation. And going to the top, the members of the SEC in the top 25 and some other interesting teams. LSU is ranked number one. Uh, Wake Forest is ranked number two. And Ricky Josh Gunther of Bayside Academy has already signed with them, the number two team in the country. And I think they've got the best pitching staff in the nation. So that's that's major for this area. And Josh Gunther from Bayside Academy. Florida is number three in the nation at 30 and seven. Vanderbilt, number four. Arkansas is number five. And South Carolina is number six. That's five of the six top teams in the nation from the SEC. Kentucky comes in at number 13. At number 19, Arizona State with just a great history. Uh, one of our own, you know him very well, just like myself, Mike Goff out of Davidson High School, spent some time as an assistant over at, over at South Alabama, played in the Boston Red Sox organization, went all the way to the major leagues as a coach with Seattle Mariners and coached with Danny Jennings with the Miami Marlins on the field on the major league level. That's Mike Goff with Arizona State there at 25 and 10. And they got that organization turned around. And at number 24, Southern Miss, who started out a little slow. They're represented by local people. Chris Sargent, who started out real slow. I don't know if it was an injury, but he's up to 217 with six home runs. He's out of Faith Academy. He had 21 home runs last year. And Reese Ewing is had a home run and 13 RBIs hitting 224. He's also at Faith Academy. And, you know, we talked with Leon Druckenmeller a couple of weeks ago, and his, his grandson, Drew Druckenmeller, who's playing with Jones College, is a signee of, of Southern Miss. So he's doing real well uh, being able to sign with Southern Miss and, and, and help that program next year. And as we go into the Major League, let me give you a little Major League report. The Tampa Bay Rays – tied a major league record when they went 13 in a row to start the season. There's only two other teams to do that, and that's the Milwaukee Brewers in 1987 and then the Atlanta Braves in 1982. And I'll never forget, I was over at Faulkner State when the Braves won those 13 in a row. I made a T-shirt and wrote, Atlanta Braves 13-0. and 0. You know, it was After one of them nights, we had fun, and we were just fired up about the Braves in 82. Joe Torrey was the manager back then. And uh, the Rays are 14 and two overall, leading their d division, and the Twins are 10 and six. Rangers are nine and six over in the National League. Atlanta's 12 and four; they've won six in a row, and the Brewers are leading their division at 11 and five, and the Diamondbacks are nine and seven, leading their division. The, some of the players we're following: Adam Frazier in 16 games has 12 hits; he's hitting 250 with the Orioles. Brendan Donovan in 15 games has 16 hits and hitting 267. He's already played four different positions. Bubba Thompson, I don't know why they're not playing him much. He's he's four for 18, three doubles and a triple. Hadn't stole a base yet, but when they let him go, it's going to be a it's going to be awesome. And that that's your major league and your collegiate report. And Ricky, let just talk about uh, just anything that you can come up with about about 
college baseball. You know, South Alabama uh, is is seventeen and eighteen. They they they, they turned it around. Uh, you know, say a little bit about South. They, they 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 won three series in a row. Jeremy Lee had a complete game. They hit five home runs in the last two games. But going back to your time as an assistant, compare that to what what what's going on over there now. Well, I think Mark's got his team. You know, uh, he was excited about his team early in the year. You know, he knew he had some some pretty good players coming along and you know baseball is it's not it's a marathon it's not a sprint and he's you know the guys are starting to put it together a little bit you know it's it's good to see that out at South Alabama you know and I, you know, I haven't seen him play that much but you know Mark had told me that you know he was kind of excited about some of the players he had especially some of the arms that they have and you know and you know we can go back and talk about being successful, you know, if you're you're only as good as your pitching, and if you're if your pitching can throw strikes and you got a good defensive team, you got a chance to win, and that's all you want to do is try to put yourself in a position to win every night, and you know try to keep them under you know three runs in, in six innings for a quality start. You know we talked about that before, and and I think that you know it takes sometimes for kids uh, with new kids, you know the anxiety part of it. For them getting the, uh, relaxed into the the, area, the the games that they're playing, and I, I think that you know looking at what Mark has been able to do right now, you know it's I'm proud for them that you know they're they struggled they were down, but you know is they they starting to put it together and they put a couple of wins and then all of a sudden they turn it around, and you know that's that goes for like Mississippi State they were like one and ten or something in the SEC and then they go and sweep somebody and now they're right back in the hunt. Uh, you know, it, it's very surprising, especially with all the talent. You know, I was talking to someone the other day. I'm trying to remember what it was, uh, who I was talking to about the the players that that they get in the SEC. There's not a whole lot of development. There's not a whole lot of coaching going on because the kids that they got, they're pretty uh, – they have to be – you know, high-class players, so you're not teaching as much. And I think that's a fault of a lot of teams. No matter what kind of talent you got, you still have to be able to teach because nobody's that good. And that was one of the discussions that I've had that, you know, I, I don't know how much teaching is going on even at the college level. And, you know, quality, you know, because every you – know, I look at a lot of times in the college, it's more about drills and um, – making sure that everybody's, you know, doing 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there, you know, it's more of action. And a lot of people, you know, it's, it's kind of tough because you want to your players to develop. And development means there's got to be a lot of practice. There's got to be extra times, you know, put in. And believe it or not, it's not necessarily the coaching part of it. It's the players that put that time in it. You have to be able – if you want to be a good player, you've got to put the time in. And, and that's a, if, you know, we young people out there, you want to be a good player. It's like kids I work with, you know, they, they hit with me once a week. I said, that's wrong. I said, you know, I'm giving you, this is what you need to do. And then you've got to practice it during the week. If you want to get better, not just because once you, you know, you come once a week, it's the same thing in college baseball. And that was one thing I really liked about a couple of years ago, I went out to South Alabama wow, those kids were out there working all the time. And, I was, you know, it really impressed me. That's what impressed me about the University of Mobile. I'd be there. The coach didn't have to be there. Those guys were out there, and they were getting their work in. 
players that do the extra work on their own without some type of supervision, that's what it takes. It's not necessarily a coach has got to be there working with you all the time. But the coaches are there to fine-tune you on the little things that goes on. And that's why you always – these coaches need to um, spend that little extra time when the player says, you know, uh, what they need to work on. If they know what they need to work on, then those coaches come in and help them. That's the coaching part of it, the teaching part. There's always room for teaching. And, and I believe that you do that all the time. You're listening to Ricky Patterson. And I, when I was looking for a co-host, a full-time co-host, and Ricky's going to have to go down to Sarasota in June for about six weeks where he coaches down there. We're going to lose him but we're gonna, for, for six weeks, but we're going to continue to talk to him on the telephone because he brings so much knowledge to this show. And we appreciate y'all listening to the, the Batter's Box on WNSP now and continue and listen to those previous shows. So, Ricky, thanks for that input about South Alabama. And in the future, we're going to talk so much about the stanky days, so much more about so many great players that's come through there. And, and I know that, the, the, that South Alabama is pulling it together. It's going to be tournament time soon. And Alex Pastor and Leon Druckenmiller and that whole crew at that, on that deck out in left field, when South Alabama's winning, they're happy, and so are we. And when you mentioned University of Mobile, Ricky, University of Mobile and Spring Hill played last week, and and it was a it was a great opportunity for Op Mobile to score 14 runs in one inning, and that's what happened. They beat Spring Hill. Nothing about against Spring Hill, and and I want to say this much: anything I say on the show, it's not meant to hurt anybody's feelings out there because I'm pulling for every team out there. But it, you know, when these things happen in baseball, big innings. Uh, remember. A few years ago, uh, South Alabama went up and played Notre Dame in South Bend, and Notre Dame beat them 25 to 1. But next, it might be your turn to get beat up like that. You know, Ricky knows that. It's happened on every level. But Tucker Musgrove is, is leading the way out at University of Mobile, hitting 450 with seven home runs. And he's out of Mary Montgomery. Theodore's Trevor Andrews is hitting 14 home runs and 55 RBIs for University of Mobile, who are 28 and 8 on the season and 13 and 4 in their conference under John Seymour, Rick. Spring Hill College, who I just mentioned, are 24 and 16 and running away with their conference, it looks like, at 22 and 4. Jackson Bell out of Faith Academy is lighting it up, brother, at the plate, hitting 367, 12 home runs, 53 RBIs. And Gage Ragona from McGill is hitting 326 with seven homers, 44 RBIs. And James Hattenstein has got Bishop State in places they've never been, Ricky. And uh, they're 24 and 17 overall, 16 and 8 in the division. They're first place by themselves by two and a half games. They took three or four from Coastal North of Monroeville this past weekend. And Ryan Kelly out of Baker is, is among the leaders with six wins. And Bryce Dulce leads the conference in, with six saves. And Rashad Robinson out of Mobile Christian leading the conference in 28 stolen bases. And again, James Hattenstein's doing an outstanding job. And moving over to Mississippi, Charlie Keller sitting, still sitting on 16 home runs, 47 RBIs for Mississippi Gulf Coast Junior College or Community College. And Mark Stevens out of Gulf Shores hitting 338. And Brody Swindle, Bayside Academy, has got three wins. And Hayden O'Dell out of St. Paul's has got a couple of wins. And there is your college report. And we are going to get Coach Jeff Hage of Bayshore Christian on the line and I just want to remind everybody to keep listening to us and 
if you go on Facebook, go on, go to the Mobile Baseball Connection, and you never know what you're going to find there. So we're going to get Coach Hage on the line. Hello, Coach Hage. Are you on the line, buddy? Yeah. How you doing, Joey? I'm doing great, Coach. Uh, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. You're talking with me, Joey Warner, on the Batters Box, WNSP Now, and my co-host out here is Ricky Patterson. He's sitting in like he always does, okay. and, and uh, it's, we're glad to have you, Coach. I appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for having me on there. I hope uh, you and Ricky are doing well this evening. We are. We are, and I, I'm going I'm to kind of give the listeners a little bit of an idea of, of who you are, Coach. Uh, let's okay. just, we're talking with Coach Jeff Hage of Bayshore Christian. They're over in Baldwin County. Uh, Jeff has got his team at 19-4 and four this year on the 2A level. The past two seasons, 2021 and 2022, they've been the state champions on the 1A level. And they are playing as good as any high school team in our area. And, you know, I, I think they can compete with anybody in the state. Locally here, they're eight and two against the best competition we have, and the two losses that they have have been by one run. So, coach, that's your intro, and just tell us about what's going over there on over there at Bayshore Christian. Well, I mean, you know, we've had a phenomenal season this year, Joey. I mean, we've got um, one of the things I knew at the end of the year we had a we had a different group of players. And so a schedule that is uh, extremely, extremely challenging. I met with our coaching staff before the season started, and I was like, shoot, guys, if we can go a little bit above 500 this year, I think we're going to be doing a great job. And um, we just got going the season, and then we had um, a, a little bit of a blow early in the year. As far as, um, Right when the season kicked off, we had three seniors that went on their senior trip and um, – we played in that in the Los Angeles Faith Academy. We played, I want to say, with senior who stayed, seven sophomores, and freshmen, and lost by one run. And so, and then when those guys came back, they came back with a little bit of the crud. And, uh, you know, it takes you a little while to get your swing going again and all that. So, to see us battle through that, uh, several of our injuries that we've had to deal with this year, I'm super proud of for this. Uh, for our team, yeah. That's Coach, with the players that you have, what has been the secret to to getting them to play on the level that they're playing with the caliber of players that you have, and how have you done this? And, and with a school that is such a small Christian-oriented school, and and these players are playing on a level that's like it's 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 really impressive. I appreciate it, Dylan. We got um. We have great families that have raised great young men um, that that love the game of baseball, and so they come out every day and they're ready to work and they're ready to uh, try to get a little bit better with each and every day. And so um, it really does. It makes our job easy uh, when when they come out with wonderful attitudes and wonderful effort. And so uh, it, it, that cuts out a whole lot of things that we have to be concerned about um, it, as far as. Uh, you know, bad attitudes or that they're having at school or getting in trouble, things like that. Um, we don't have to deal with a whole lot of that. And so that, that frees you up to be able to coach and to, uh, you know, just to pour into these young men. And so they can, uh, 
continue to play well and do a wonderful job of competing uh, out on the diamond. Well, mention some of your players and, and tell us about what their ages are, their class is, and if, if they're going to a school or or what their performance has been like. Because okay. you, you've got some good ones, and, and I've been following them for the past three years, the same ones. Yeah, <laughs> with us. Joey, this, uh, we've had in the past years, we won the state championship at the 1A. We graduated one senior each year. Uh, so um been able to work with these young men um, from the get-go. And so are from some of them since they were eight years and some of them since they were eighth graders um, as, as far as playing on the bar. And I'm going to mention a couple of names here. Street Croons um, has been a bulldog on the mound this year for us. And he's done a phenomenal job. And so he's a senior. He's going to play at uh, Lillian B. Wallace uh, next year. And so, um, but, yeah, he's been a, he is in every big game pretty much we have played in the past uh, month. And so and you, you're talking about going all the way back to Fairhope and Daphne and, um, oh, my goodness, uh, uh, who else? I'm probably missing several. I mean, he's – um, Faith Academy, Bayside Academy, the teams y'all beat, yeah, yeah. St. Paul's, um, yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all played them all. Yeah, yeah, St. Paul's the other night, um, he did a great job against them, and so um, Street also is our golf hitter for three years, and he's also um, he's our pivot guy on the infield. He'll play shortstop, he'll play third base, and uh, just does a great job for us, and so. And um, but then you have Michael Bryant, who is our starting shortstop. He's been our starting shortstop since an eighth grade year. And he's going to go play ball in Huntington next year. And um, he's a senior this year, of course. And Michael's hitting right now a cool 440 for us with a 548 on base average. Um, I think he's made three errors this year uh, playing shortstop, maybe four. And so uh, he is just a top-of-the-line uh, shortstop that we have. Um, you got uh, John Malone, who's been with us since he was in eighth grade as well. Uh, he 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 was he's been our bulldog for several years. This year he's been dealing with a little back problems, back injuries, and um, we've had to shut him down some. And we think we we about got that all figured out, and he'll be uh, in that starting lineup every day for us over the uh, in this playoff run. Um, and and yeah, he's going to Sanford next year. Uh, to play for Tony David up there. And so then we've got Rodney Malone, who's our second baseman, uh, who's a senior. Um, he's not sure where he's going right now uh, just yet. But, um, Joey, I'm going to tell you, I think if there's a better defensive second baseman out there, I would love to see him because Riley is just uh, – he's made two errors for us all year. And so he just makes plays after plays. And um, we're playing Daphne and – Street's got that fastball running hard away on those guys, and they are hitting a bunch of ground balls over towards uh, Riley all night long. I think he made seven or eight put outs in that game and just did a phenomenal job for us uh, right there. And uh, one of our, little, uh, our unsung heroes that we have is our designated hitter, William Mann. He's been playing with us since his seventh grade year, um, been on our varsity, uh, a key contributor to our varsity program since his tenth grade year settled into our designated hitter role for us for this year. And um, he just, he, two years ago, he was um, in our semifinal series, I want to 
had seven or eight RBIs against Brantley to um, propel us to the state series. And then uh, this year, I want he's hitting right at 100 with about a 375, 400 on-base percentage. And so those are my five seasons I'm so proud of and been able to work with those guys since they were some of them seventh graders and eighth graders. And so just uh, love those guys. Yeah. Hey, Coach, this is Rick Patterson. I, I was the Croom kid. You know, that's a very unusual name. And I played ball in uh, Little League and uh, football. And there was a kid that named Billy Croom. I'm just wondering if that's one of the relatives because I know Billy, you know, he, he quarterbacked at Viger after I left there. And I know there was a, a bunch of the Croom girls. And I was just wondering if he was, uh, if there's any relation. Because I know that if, if he – and Billy was a very good competitor. And, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I know right now – I just – you know, I, I'm going to try to research that and find out that if uh, if that's one of Billy's grandkids or something. It's really – I know he had one kid playing up there in Saraland for a while. I'd run into him every now and then. But uh, I, I'm not real sure. But I know it was, a, you know, it was I, an unusual name. Yeah, I do know that um... – his dad is from Ashford over by Dothan, and uh, his dad played ball at LBW in Detroit. And so um, a little known fact about Street, I mean, you talk about a competitor, it, it must just be in that blood and in that gene pool with the, with the crews because uh, Street is a fierce, fierce competitor. But um, he's a dang good catcher. Oh. And we, we've only called him for like two meetings since he's been with us, but he is one whale of a catcher. But you're having to pitch him, so you you can't catch him all the time. <laughs> you're correct, and he, and, you know, and he does. Uh, we need him more on the infield because I've got a catcher that is uh, top notch. Jack Malone is a tenth grader. He's uh, brothers with um, John Malone, and so uh, yeah, I I got I got a top notch catcher right there. No need for Street to put on the gear and get behind the plate. Well, well coach, uh, you've made an addition on your coaching staff, or or I don't know how long Joey Hutchins has been there, and he's got Hutch Field over there. And and yeah. I know he, he came and was our guest speaker at the Midtown Optimist Club uh, luncheon this past couple of weeks. And and Joey's a great friend of myself and Ricky's. And tell us a little bit about the what he does to help you out, Coach. Well, Coach Hutch, um, he, this is his second year with us. And um, – Known Hutch when I coached at Baldwin County High School with Terry Wright many many years ago, and I've known Hutch um, those days, uh, early 2000s. But um, you know, he has come along, and he we had we had an outstanding coaching staff before Coach Hutch got got with us. But he just made us all better. Um, He just has a wealth of knowledge, experience, and um, the kids love. They didn't know exactly how to take him at first. If you know Hutch, I mean, he's um, a tough, hard-nosed coach. And, um, you know, they were like, uh, I'm not trying to figure him out. And now they gravitate to him. They love him. And so he has just been a tremendous addition uh, to our staff. He uh, takes over our outfielders and um, works with Isaac every single day. And, um, so he, and he does, but he's also brought other things to the program. Like he, 
Um, you know, we go through and revamp in our first and third plays. Um, our punt uh, defenses, you know, all kind of little things that we, that you know, that always improve on, and he's helped us in those aspects as well. And his batting practice, when he throws practice, you can't beat it. It's the best practice in all of Alabama. It has to be. I mean, he's up there throwing dots, and uh, I love his BP. Well, that's great. I, I, I talked to Joey yesterday, and we talked periodically, and he's very, very excited about the whole program. Well, Coach, it's, it's, we got a couple more minutes. It's, it's playoff time, so tell us, tell us what's happening. Y'all were hosting Ranburn this week, and tell us a little bit about that and where you're going with it. Yeah, we're going to one o'clock, three o'clock Friday. Um, you know, we don't know a whole lot about them. I've been trying to gather information, uh, talk to their coach a time or two. They're they're a real strong team, and uh, he's you know they're excited. They think they were going to make playoffs this year, and so they're excited about making the playoffs. And um, they we're able to go go play Horseshoe Bend, which has nine seniors on their staff or on their team. And um, gosh, they popped them one time, and so it's one of those teams where you you better be ready to go. And so uh, that that's what this week's all about is getting our guys ready to go for uh, Ramblin, and uh, you know make sure we play good Bayshore baseball. Well, I, I get myself in trouble sometimes when I when I tell coaches, and I've been doing this for years. When I tell coaches, well, I want you to go win it all because I forget. You know that there there might be another school that's there. You know, so I'm telling these these teams, you go go do it, go do it. And there sits another yeah. team on the other side of the, the bay, or, the, or somewhere down the street. And their parents, or if they're listening, they're saying, "Well, hey, what's he doing? Who's he for?" But I, I, I'm for everybody out there. I really am. And but I, I wish you all the luck, and and your boys all the luck, and your parents, and administrators, and coaches, and all of Baldwin County, and as it goes, if, if y'all get to be the only local team, uh, you, you know that everybody in Mobile and Baldwin County are behind you, Coach. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Joey. And, uh, you know, we're, it, we've been able to build a wonderful following. Our, our, the Bayshore community has embraced us. Um, many in Baldwin County have as well, and they love our brand of baseball that we play. It's just um, good, pretty, hard-nosed baseball, and so um, I, you know, I, and I'm, I appreciate it. I appreciate the sport, and I appreciate everything that you guys do, local uh, baseball around Mobile, Baldwin County area, because it's second to none. Thank you, guys. Well, I, we really appreciate it too. We've been listening and talking to Coach Jeff Hage of Bayshore Christian, the Eagles. They're 19 and four, and they're they're getting ready to start their playoffs run and and move towards a, a possible state title. Coach, thanks again. Okay, baseball fans and Ricky, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through the, the playoffs from 1A through 6A. It's already set in writing, so I'm going to go through this, the player, the local teams from Mobile. In the first round, which starts Thursday and Friday, April 21st and 22nd, and 7A starts April 27th to 28th, a week later. Those, those teams are still to be determined. But on the 2A level in Mobile, St. Luke's is at Horseshoe Bend. Bayshore Christian host Ranburn. 3A Cottage Hill Christian is at Oakman. 4A Satsuma Gators, who are 18 and 6, is at Oak Grove. 
UMS Wright, 1811, Kevin Rayleigh's bunch is at Munford, who are 18 and 4. Bayside Academy, 18 and 8, Host Hanley, 5A, Mobile Christian at 18 and 12 is at Holtville. Alberta is at Sylacauga. The St. Paul Saints, who got win number 19, and your player Edward McLeod, three for three, three runs, three RBIs, and another home run. They host Marbury. Gulf Shores at 24 and 10 with Coach Chris Jacks over there, host Shelby County. 6A, Baldwin County at 20 and 14 is at Briarwood Wood Christian. That didn't sound right. Briarwood Christian. Faith Academy at 17 and 13 is at Hueytown. Hueytown's 25 and 9. They're pretty tough, Ricky. Sarah Land, who's having an outstanding season at 23 and 22 and 8, host Brookwood. And McAdory on the 6A level is at Spanish Fort. And again, I, the 7A uh, playoffs is yet to be determined. So there you go. That's your playoff schedule right there. And Ricky, uh, we're gonna, tomorrow night we're going to be on live. Myself and Ricky Patterson will be on live WNSP 105.5 FM from 5:30 to 6 o'clock. So everybody, tune in. We're gonna we're gonna be live. So me and Ricky gonna be bringing it to you. Ricky, who's gonna be our special guest? That'll be Danny Jennings. Well, tell us a little bit about Dan. He, we all go back such a long way. Uh, you know, Danny is, uh, he's, he's had a great career, uh, you know, in professional baseball and, you know, in the college level. But, you know, Danny's really made a name for himself in, in the professional level. You know, he started out as a scout and, you know, he signed some very good people. And, you know, he kind of got the reputation of, you know, signing, you know, big-time players. And, you know, he, Danny, I can, I remember one of the players was Veritek, the catcher, that, you know, he was really, you know, going after. And we, we talked about, you know, Veritek and stuff. And, uh, but, you know, Danny is, you know, he's done a, you know, he's, he's had a great career. Very proud of him, especially being a Mobile boy, you know, grew up here in Mobile, grew up in Alabama Village, believe it or not. You know, uh, you know, Alabama Village wasn't that bad when we were kids. You know, it was a, it was a great place to grow up. Uh, there was always kids around and, you know, had an opportunity to go out and play with other people, uh, kids the whole day. And then, you know, it, you, had to make, you had to make sure you got home at night. And, you know, those the older kids would make sure you had to get home. And that was a good thing about growing up in Alabama Village, you know, is having so many other kids to play with. But, you know, Danny was, uh, uh, you know, he played for me during the summer. And, you know, then he got an opportunity to go play pro ball. And, you know, then he ended up being the scout, and then he ended up being a, a general manager, and then he and also a manager. You know, he's, he's going to bring a lot of experience to the program, you know, tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be exciting, you know, that, you know, it, there's, I wish we had an opportunity that people could ask him questions, but I think between you and I that uh, it's, he probably, would, nobody would get a word in. You know that. You know. <laughs> yeah. We only well, have you, him for a short you period know, of time. You know, if, if you listeners out there, and it's great to have Danny. It's, I mean, and hopefully we're going to have him on throughout the summer and, and give us our, his major league pitch. 
but he, Ricky's exactly right. I'm going to throw the stats at you, and I'm going to make my mistakes and, and here and there, and I'm going to stop and go, but I'm trying to get better. Y'all need to bear with me here. But when Ricky brings his co- coaching knowledge and, and all his philosophies and tactics and, and uh, variables that, that, that he uses, and Danny Jennings is a, is a real professional. He's going to bring that to us in a 10-minute version tomorrow night. So everybody tune in 5.30 to 6 o'clock when you're riding home from work or turn the stereo on loud and listen to Ricky and Joey, that's Patterson and Warner, on the on – the, batter's box on WNSP 105.5 FM. And we got Coach Rodney Hicks coming up on the line. So uh, let's let's hear what Coach Rodney Hicks from SAP, co-host Ricky Patterson. We're talking with Coach Rodney Hicks from the Satsuma Gators. Coach Hicks, are you on the line? Yes, sir. How you doing, Joey? I'm good, Coach. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have you, and thank you for coming on, Coach. Thank you. We, I I appreciate you having me on, Coach, uh, Mr. Warner. <laughs> it's Joey. It's Joey. You got that right. <laughs> so many people. Yeah. Co- so many people call me. You. Go ahead. Yeah, I think you're a little older than me, so I can call you Mr. Warner. <laughs> well, it's always Mr. Joey, Mr. Warner. I'm just a little gray-headed man walking around, and people say this and that and the other. But uh, I'm my co-host out here tonight, as always, I, I – it's like the Ricky and Joey deal here, but it's Ricky Patterson, and we're, we want to find out some good stuff about about uh, the Satsuma Gators. Y'all came off a big win today over St. Luke's. So, Coach, tell us what's going on out there in Gatorland. Well, we're just trying to get back to where, you know, we think it's a, a, a traditionally strong program, and I know, you know, in, in the last several years it's it hasn't been, but we've the last couple of years, some kids have really, really bought into the program, and you know, and it really started a couple of years ago with some of the, uh, some of the seniors that weren't that aren't here anymore. You know, uh, I wish that, you know, they could experience what we're experiencing now, uh, but but the goal is to try to get that similar back to where we were. I think in the late '80s, early '90s, whenever it was tough to come to that and play. You know, traditionally, it, it, you know, going further back, you know, from from these old men, Ricky and myself, you go back to the Randy McGillberry days, and Randy was one of the best pitchers in the area, and and then you go back into the early '80s, you had the Ward brothers that, that brought a tradition to, to Satsuma, that uh, and West Ward. We went to his birthday party yesterday, and he came up with some words that I've never heard before, Sarah Suma, but Sarah Land and Satsuma combined. And then you go to 1988 when you had the state championship team, and, and there were some really good players on that team. So when you mention tradition, you're exactly right. But, but Coach, tell us about some of the, some of, some of the successes y'all have had on the field and, and, and what y'all do out there with some of your tactics and philosophies and, and co- coaching, coaching ways out there. Well, I mean, I, man, just to be honest, I can't. You know, I, I can't take credit for this. I mean, number one, it starts with good players. You know, I mean, and, and we've got good players, and we've got players that that have uh, bought into what we try to coach. And speaking of coaches, we got, I've got a great coaching staff. These guys really love kids. They come, you know, they come to work every day and work hard. And a couple of my coaches are not on campus guys that, you know, uh, that work at plants but just love the game of baseball and, you know, played baseball and they want to be around it. And I mean, they, 
they they don't have any ties, you know, to any of the kids. It's not like their dads or anything like that. They just uh, made some phone calls to me and wanted to contribute. And over the last two years, you know, uh, two that come to mind is Bill Sullivan. He works at a plant, and uh, Mr. Uh, Pe- Coach Pepe Dahl. He works he works at Alabama Power, and neither one of these guys have kids on the team, but man, they come every day to to just try to work and help our kids get better. And they're, they're real knowledgeable about the game. So, you know, without trying, you know, without rambling on too much, I mean, you know, this ain't about me. It's about these kids and it's about, you know, the, the coaching staff that I have that sacrifices the time away from their family to, uh, you know, help other kids. Well, you know, and as far as, the philo- as far as the philosophy goes, you know, ours is, you know, come to work every day, uh, try to get better at, you know, get better at something, you know, get better at something, get better at something that you wasn't as good at today when you got here. Well, Coach, I've seen it single-handedly. To, I've witnessed the supporting staff that you have as far as parents, as far as uh, ball girls, uh, the JV teams, middle school teams, uh, the community, the administration. I've seen that to where y'all rallied last year with his team had a good season last year, but you look towards this year of having an even better season. And it looks like y'all have done that. You're at 18 and six, you're in the playoffs. So talk a little bit about that coach. Well, you know, we played in a pretty tough region with Jackson and T.R. Miller in Escambia County, and it was a dog fight. You know, uh, it kind of got, you know, just to be honest, I mean, we swept Jackson, uh, Jackson swept T.R. Miller, and T.R. Miller swept us. So, I mean, it really come down to, you know, a three-way tie. And uh, it was a little little nail-biting all week trying to figure out how it was going to shake out. But, you know, we just got fortunate and, uh, you know, got lucky, and it it shaked out in our favor to get in. Uh, not that, you know, any, anybody deserved to win that area. I think uh, it was real real close competitive games all, all three all, – all the series that we played were, uh, but, you know, we just got lucky, Coach. I mean, and it just is what it is. Uh, now we hope to move forward and uh, be successful in the first round against Oak Grove this week. Well, you must have had some pretty good pitching to give you an opportunity late in the game and stuff, If the, uh, especially with the type of teams that you were playing. You know, T.R. Miller, you know, they've always had a great program, and Jackson and – uh, you know, this your pitching. Who who was one of your main guys on the, on the pitching staff that helped you get where you are? Well, that's one of you know we think that's one of our strong suits. Anyway, we've got seven or eight guys that that we feel like can walk out on the mound and give us a chance to win. You know, senior Brett Nix. He he leads that group of of pitchers. He's had a really good year. Uh, he has you know he's been nursing a little bit of an injury. We kept him out for about two weeks of, of, of throwing. He had a foot injury. Wasn't a major problem, but we, we kept him out. And he got back on the mound tonight and pitched three innings. And, man, he looked really good tonight. Uh, you know, Jansen Banishak is part of that pitching staff. He's done a, he's done a good job this year. Uh, Drake Howell's really come along, man, in the last half of the season and looks to be one of our top guys. Uh, he's a junior, and then sophomore Tucker Hicks. He's he's done. A, 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 I think we think he's done an outstanding job to be a. You know, he's 15 years old when the season started, and uh, 
we kind of got to watch him grow up on the mound against uh, McGill Toolin. You know, I, we didn't. I, I personally didn't think he was ready for for that. But my pitching coach, which is Stephen Fuller, which happens to be one one of the guys that was part of the '88 championship team, you know, he kept telling me, "Hey, man, he's ready. Let's get him in there." Well, we got him in, and uh, he pitched five innings, and you know, to to give us a chance to win that game against McGill. And I really think that was kind of the turning point for our guys in the season as far as, hey, look, we belong. You know, uh, we're good enough to play with these guys, and let's let's move forward with that. And we kind of have a philosophy. You know, what is – I ask the kids before every game, you know, today's important. Today's game is important. Why is it important? And they'll all tell you because it's the next one, Coach. That's why it's important. That that sounds great. The uh, so who one of the who who's a couple of the top hitters that you got? You know, that's carrying your team right now. Well, Hayden Johnson is, I think. I mean, and I don't, don't quote me on this because I don't. You know, I really don't buy a whole lot into stats and stuff. Or at least I try not to pay attention to them a whole lot because they can be misleading sometimes when a, when a kid is hitting the ball hard and hitting it right at somebody, but. You know, right off the top of my head, Hayden Johnson is one of our top hitters. Uh, Jansen Banishak starting to see the ball really well. Uh, Braden Stacy is hitting a legit over 300. Uh, you know, Brady Coleman can swing it well. I mean, we really got some guys that, you know, top to bottom that can swing the ball, I mean, swing the bat <clears throat> extremely well. They're not all hot at the same time. Uh, That's a good but- sign, though. Yeah, that, yeah, and the good thing about that is, is there's other guys in the lineup that can pick them up if they're not hot. You know, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, makes a lot of sense. You always, you know, you got to have those type of guys in your lineup, and it's like when you start the season, you have got a couple of players that what you expect it, uh, you expect them to be some of your top guys, and all you want them to do is do what they did last year, and then you got, you, you can have two guys that you don't expect anything from, and that's how you win. I mean, those guys, oh, they, they kind of carry you. Yeah. I mean, look, we got we, we only got four seniors, but, man, they're great seniors, and uh, they've really done a great job of, of, of leading this team this year by example. Uh, you know, with Brett Nix, he's a pitcher third baseman. Uh, Jared Marquise is our uh, – he's a left fielder, and he plays second base, depending on who's on the mound. Uh, Colin Davis and Fisher Fuller, which uh, Fisher is uh, Coach Fuller's son. Fisher's our everyday second baseman, and he's also one is on that part of that seven or eight guys uh, pitching staff that we feel like you know the, them guys give you a chance. Man, you got to throw strikes at this level. You throw strikes and don't walk a bunch of people. You give yourself a shot to win games. Absolutely. You know, listen, we haven't won. You know, we haven't uh, just you know went out and scored a bunch of runs and beat the brakes off of people. I mean, we've won some. A lot of ball games this year, you know, six to four, three to one, and things like that. Uh, and I think that's a testament to our guys and our defense of playing really good defense. Pepe, uh, Pepe Dahl, which is our infield coach, has done a really good job with managing our defensive guys and putting them in positions to make plays and really work them guys' tails off. So we make the, you know, we don't make a lot of errors. You know, we like any other high school team. We can make an error or two here or there, but. You know, our philosophy is that don't beat yourself. You know, don't go walk a bunch of guys and make the routine plays. And usually the teams that, that do that end up on the winning side of things. Well, Coach, 
you mentioned about being having a young team. You, you apparently play small ball, station to station baseball, and 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 you win games by by the players having the same goals and and working with the team concept and having good coaches and and that's what you do. I mean, and y'all are an example of that and. That looks good for the future. With just four seniors and you're playing this good, that was your goal from last year or the year before. And it looks like you've got a program that's going to be around a pretty good while. Well, we hope so. That's the plan is to build something that's sustainable. And, you know, and honestly, we feel like it starts with that seventh and eighth grade group. you got to get good coaching down there. You know, you kind of want them guys to have an idea of, of uh, what you expect out of them or, or or what you want them to do as far as your philosophy and on the field when they get to you, and that kind of makes that kind of makes thing, makes life a little easier when they get to you instead of having to reteach it. So we we kind of teach the same thing from the seventh grade through the twelfth grade. You know, I mean, we practice our JV and varsity together. Uh, well, we do that because you know if we end up pulling a guy up, you know, at the end of the year after the JV season's over with or whatever, then we don't have to reteach signs or reteach bunt coverages and, you know, things of that nature. Uh, we feel like if you're going to be one program, then you need to be one program, and every kid gets co- gets the same quality of coaching, no matter whether he's in the seventh grade or the twelfth grade. Great philosophy. Great. I got, I got one question for you. How many uh, players on your team play travel ball during the summer? Uh, there's quite a few. Uh, I would probably – Man, I would probably say 85% of them kids play in the summertime. Um, you know, a lot of this 10th and 11th grade group, they they grew up playing travel ball from the time they were seven to seven to now. You know, I mean, listen, I know the I know the the, the do's and don'ts of it. I mean, I don't really know the right answer there as far as if travel ball is a good thing or a bad thing. I, I mean, I do know that I do know that it gives kids a lot of you know, if it's done right, then it gives kids uh, access to things that otherwise they wouldn't have. You know, they get to see, you know, better quality ball. Uh, I really would like to see the parks make a comeback, though, because that's kind of – I mean, I grew up playing at a park, you know, and and now it's now that's almost unheard of that, that most of your players go play travel ball now, so – and again, I'm rambling on now because I can't really give you. No, you're. You know, no, uh, no, that no, no, that's fine. I mean, I I asked you a trick question there, because you know there's been a lot of talk out there lately about you know travel ball and that you burn kids out and and I'm not one of the guys that's going to tell you that's that happens. Look, I had a a son and a grandson and they love playing travel ball, and and right. what, and what you really want to and, you know both of them had an opportunity. Uh, they had to go to, to go to college, and they both got an opportunity to play pro ball. But there's the only thing that people got to understand that when you're playing travel ball, that doesn't mean that you're going to be a pro player. But what it does give you, it gives you the opportunity. You're playing some of the best talent around, and people get afraid. Absolutely. So people get afraid of the the uh, of playing travel ball because they say they get burnt out. See, I I don't believe that at all. You know, there's uh, yeah, and you know, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, I think it. I think the key is is not forcing them to do it. As long as they're enjoying doing it, uh, and I think it has to be the kids' choice, not the parents' choice. 
mine just happened. Mine's in the tenth grade now, Tucker, and uh, he's played it ever since he was seven, uh, and uh, he enjoyed it. But now he, but he also did it. His travel ball team was a little different. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't with an organization to where you didn't know the kids. So they, they, these kids all come. Uh, the kids all are from this community that he played with, and they were just fortunate enough to have some talented kids, and they went and won a lot. Uh, and I think it helped that they were all friends as far as not burning them out. So they, they still got to hang out with their friends and, and play quality ball all over the southeast, basically. You know, and, and, again, I think it comes down to is it the child's choice or is it the parent's choice? Which one's wanting to do this? Well, I, I just from my experience with uh, my two, my younger ones, is that you know they they enjoyed doing it, and you know they and they got to play some of the best competition, and to me that's when other players when you put your kids in a situation, playing against better players, then they look at themselves and and they go, wow, I got a lot of work to do, and and that's well, what, and players make yeah. the, you know they get out there and they work and they do the extra work on their own and if they want to be good then they get an opportunity to see some of the better players that's playing the game. And I think that's what's well, really valuable about it. I do too. And I think it, honestly, I think it makes them elevate their level of play uh, versus just going through the motions, if that makes sense. You know I mean? They go out there and they say, hey, we can't just go through the motions here. Uh, these guys, every team here is just as good as we are. So we got to do the little things right. You know, and I think that, that goes back to, you know, helping them focus at practice. You know, when they see the benefits of something that you're trying to teach them and they see it work on the field, uh, a light bulb kind of goes off with them. That, you know, that's basically, you know, what I'm saying is that, you know, when they're playing, they see other players in their position. See, I was, you know, you kind of evaluate the guy that, that you're playing against. Like if I was a catcher and I look, watch the other catcher and I, what he's doing and if he's, you know, if he's a lot better than me, then I got to, I got to up my game. So what happens when, oh, yeah. you, when your kids get, they get to the high school level, they're able to compete for a job. You know, they, they know what they got to do and they get out there and they're able to compete. And I, and I think it's, you know, it's valuable. Uh, you know, I, it's, I've been, I've been all over the, well, I can't say the whole world, but, I, baseballs took me to a lot of other countries, and I can remember driving down the interstate in Venezuela, and in between the interstate, you see kids out there, you know, eight, nine years old, ten years old, out there playing with a sock, and they, their gloves were cardboard. Uh, with they made gloves out of cardboard, and they would be playing in between the interstate. And I mean, it was for miles and miles. Just all you saw was kids playing, you know. So I, I don't, I really don't understand the. The philosophy where when people tell me that kids get burnt out, I you know I just can't I, I can't see that. I think that you know, kids yeah, I, competitive you know, they I'm, raise I'm their game. I'm on that too. I mean, and, and like I said, I I can see both sides of it. You know, uh, I think uh, again I'm just saying if it, it goes back to if a parent is forcing a kid to do it, then that, I can see them getting burnt out on it. But you know, kids that 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 like the game and really love the game, they they don't burn out on it. They they get Listen, I've got guys that played for me over the last couple of years here that come back and watch our games and, uh, you know, will tell me that they would give their, their whole paycheck just to walk out on the field and play again. 
you know, you talk about a kid that played 20 years of, <laughs> of baseball and, and, you know, uh, Kyle DeVille, I don't know if y'all remember Kyle, he ended up playing it at, at uh, Bishop state and had a good career over at Bishop state. And, uh, he came to one of our games last year and I was like, you miss it. And he's like, coach, I'd, I'd give him a whole paycheck just to go out there and play one inning. So you're telling me that kid was burnt out and he played travel ball his whole life. That's right. That's kind of like Joey sitting here. He loves the game. He never got burnt out. <laughs> yeah, well, well, Coach, right. I, th- those are great answers. You know, and Ricky, those are great I hate answers. to have to put you on the spot, Coach, but I had to get that in tonight. <laughs> Joey wasn't going to let me get it in. <laughs> hey. no, 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 you're fine, but I'm going to put you on the spot now. Are you still bricking houses? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I got two boys that do. <laughs> I don't know if you remember or not, but you actually bricked my house on Celeste Road when me and my wife built it on in the Highland. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. that, I, are I the bricks still on the wall? Whenever uh, he texted me, he said, uh, be on over with Ricky Patterson. I was like, I am going to bring up the bricklayer. <laughs> if, he was, if he's still working, still laying bricks. Now, are the bricks still on the wall? <laughs> Well, I sold the house. I'm assuming they still are. <laughs> right. I, I live in I live in Satsuma now. I don't live in Fairland no more. Okay. Uh, but I, I just thought that was a uh, that was pretty neat. You've been you've done a lot of things. Kind of a jack of all trades, right? Well, my dad taught me the trade, and I can I, I'll tell you a little quick story about that. My dad took me out there, and uh, it was during the summer. It was like a hundred degrees, and I was having to cut mortar with a hoe. And uh, when I got home that day, I said, Dad. I said, I'm going to get me an education. So I'm not going to do this for the rest of my life. And, you know, it's kind of, I'm just glad, I'm glad my dad, you know, he taught me the trade uh, because when the Yankees fired me, you know, I came home and I didn't have anything to do and I didn't want to sit around. And so a friend uh, named George Jackson, uh, he, he hired me and I started working for him laying brick. And I was getting paid by him, and then the Yankees were still paying me because I wouldn't go to work with another pro club because I wanted Steinbrenner to pay me every penny he owed me. You know, I would just <laughs> so I went out and laid brick, and then you know, I, uh, I ended up you know contracting after that. That's, that's a pretty good story right there. Well, you know, I, I'm gonna have to get with our producer Nick Wiggins, and we're gonna have to change our our theme song or our cut-in song from "Put Me in Coach" to. Either Ricky, I don't know if it's going to be another brick in the wall or brick house. <laughs> what about brick house? I don't know, man. Yeah. We have to check this out, well, Coach. I, I had to make mention of that because I didn't know I didn't know how many people out there knew that Rick actually uh, was a bricklayer for a while. <laughs> yep. he, he's, yep. he's he's a jack of all trades. I tell you. He's a he's a great hitting coach, and but a master of none, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, look at me, uh, coach. Those were great answers, great questions, Ricky. Uh, and and the reason I say that, you know, I don't have a dog in the hunt with all this now, but I've followed baseball my entire life, and I've had the passion for it, and always will. But I've got a four-year-old grandson, a two-year-old grandson, and a month-year-old, a month-old grandson. So I'm looking at this stuff, and I, I, they may not, may or may not be baseball players. One of them's a t-ball player. And he's enjoying it. So I don't know what direction to go with it, but this is good stuff. And the more we talk about it, everybody's got an opinion, and there's a good conversation. It makes good conversation about the future and the present of, of, of our ball players. But coach, in conclusion, we've got a couple more minutes. Uh, you're going to the playoffs. You're going up the road to play Oak Grove. Talk about that a little bit before we let you go coach 
Well, our, our kids are excited. I think our community's pretty excited. Uh, you know, it's been, I think, since 2018 since uh, Setson has been in the playoffs. Uh, so that was a big accomplish, accomplishment for us this year, you know, and our goal at the beginning of the year was uh, to go win it. You know, we never shied away from that. Uh, our goal is to let's go as far as we can go. We feel like we're good enough. We're just as good as the next team. We just got to play play the type of ball that we've been playing all year long. And, you know, listen, to make a run, you got to have some breaks go your way. You guys know you guys know that. Uh, you know, and, and, and we hope we put ourselves in position – to play, to get hot and play baseball, you know, play good baseball right here at the end. You know, uh, we need to go take care of business this weekend and come home and host next weekend for our community. I think that's, I think that uh, would be huge for our community and our fans and our our student body. It will, Coach. And it will, Coach. we're we're pulling for you, and we're behind you. All the mobile is, and and there's still some some teams out there on in every division, and. That, I myself, I got to watch how I, you know, tell that to teams. But I love your players. You got a a great group of players, and you've got a great group of parents, and and a great coaching staff, and you do a wonderful job. And I want to thank you for coming on. And it's been a pleasure to talk to you about all sorts of stuff. Me and Ricky really appreciate it, Coach. Well, hey, look, I want to thank both of you guys, and Joey. I want to thank you for what you do for uh, high school baseball in this area. Uh, it's a it's a great thing that you do getting these kids' names out there and getting them the exposure that they need. I can I can attest to just you know uh, from from what you've done, I've probably got you know I've got seven or eight players that are probably play end up playing college baseball just because of the exposure that you've given them. You know I get phone calls on these guys every day. Hey man, what about what about this this kid right here? I I see his stats and all. And that's all what you put on. On your on your Facebook page and stuff, these coaches look at that stuff, you know. And it's uh, coaches don't want to come, you know. It's hard to get them to come watch a high school game anymore. They want the kids to come to their campus. They want you to send film to them. But the more you get the kids' names out there, and and these these coaches hear these names, you start getting phone calls on them, and, and that's a great thing. And that's all that's all because of what you do. And I really appreciate it. And I know the coaches in the Mobile area appreciate it as well. Well, I thank you, Coach, and, and that that that's inspiring to me, and it keeps me going. It's like a it's like a motivated plug, and 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 to keep me to wake me up and say keep going, and it's it's Mobile Baseball Connection on Facebook for the listeners out there, and you never know what you're going to see. But I love, and I say this all the time: if it puts a smile on somebody's face to, to see their name out there, whatever it may be, it makes me happy. And Coach, I want to tell you in conclusion: go Gators. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Joey. I appreciate it. Thank you, Rick. Y'all, thank y'all for having me, and uh, y'all have a blessed night. Thank you. Thank you, Coach, and good luck, buddy. Thank you. Well, Ricky, it's been another good show. We've rambled on. And, you know, that could be a, a theme song, Ramble On by Led Zeppelin. But I like the brick house. What do you think, brick house or another brick in the wall or what? It's a small world, isn't it? <laughs> wow. That was good stuff. Both, both of our guests, uh, Coach Jeff Hage, and Coach Rodney Hicks, uh, outstanding coaches. We both wish them the best of luck. And remember, everybody, tomorrow night, 5.30 to 6, WNSP 105.5 FM. Turn your dial on. Turn it up loud. If you're still at work, turn it on the 
surround sound because you're going to hear Ricky Patterson and Joey Warner. And who's our guest, Ricky? Danny Jennings. Danny Jennings. Anyway, it's been a pleasure. Uh, remember, tune in to the, to, the, to the Batter's Box on WNSP Now, and we're signing out.